years ago, the lovely and I took our girls to visit Gettysburg. When we drove into town and got out of the car, the best way I can describe it is tangible sadness. It was sad that this field saw so much fighting. Sad that brothers fought with brothers, fathers shot at sons, just because they lived a little farther south or wore a different color uniform. They used to all fly the same flag, but now they fought against each other than rather alongside each other. Farmers, teachers, salesmen, even preachers picked up their guns and fought for their lives. On that very field, men ran for their lives as their own family ran to take their lives. By the end of that three-day battle, which many called the turning point for a civil war, which was anything but civil, nearly 50,000 Americans lay dead on the battlefield at Gettysburg. A nation that once stood united in the noble cause of independence only 100 years earlier ripped itself apart during the Civil War. Well, today we're taking a tour bus to another battlefield. This one's in a valley, so be sure to bring some water. It's a valley that saw more than its fair share of sadness. And God brought his man Ezekiel to this valley through a vision, like a dream. Even if his eyes were closed, he saw it all. And his valley probably felt a lot like our Gettysburg, a painful reminder of what once was. He looked around, and he saw bones everywhere. Ezekiel was no doctor, but he knew these weren't groundhog bones. These used to be people. Moms, dads, sisters, brothers, these were human bones. And Ezekiel shuddered at the sight. And God spoke to him and said, Ezekiel, I've got a question for you. And I'm sure Ezekiel thought, well, I got a couple for you too. Ezekiel, let me ask mine first. Can these bones live? Ezekiel blinked and looked again. Nothing changed. The bones were dry. They were very dry. They'd been there for a while. They were drier than a saltine cracker in the desert. These bones had been bleached by the sun and picked clean by the birds. It would take a miracle for these bones to live. <laughs> well, thankfully for Ezekiel, thankfully for us. Our God just happens to master in miracles. A good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The Bones Have Names on Simplify. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Yeah, that's a good question. Our tour guide, Ezekiel, he played it safe, though. He said, well, Lord, I, die, 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 uh, you know. <laughs> That's always a good answer. <laughs> good question, God. You tell me. And God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. Preach to the bones. <laughs> Lord, it would appear I've been out in the sun too long. and The sun has bleached my hearing. I thought I heard you to tell me to preach to very dry, long since dead bones. Last spring, March through May, during that shelter-in-place order, which all of us in Ohio remember very well. All of us probably in America remember very well. It was difficult to preach to a camera. I had no idea if anybody was watching our service or just watching cat videos on Sundays. From time to time, though, people responded with an amen or a thumbs up or a heart emoji, and I knew somebody was watching. I got to say, it's tough to preach to a camera, but I have never gone out to a cemetery to preach to a group of graves. But Ezekiel did. He looked around to see if anybody was watching. This was one time he was happy not to have a live audience. Ezekiel would have been front page news. Preacher needing vacation preaches in Boneyard. I see Zeke is a little timid at first. Kind of walking up toward the bones. Hey guys. Bones. Whoever you are. God asked me if you can live again. And I told him, I don't know. You do. And 
he told me to preach to you, so here we go. <laughs> Bones, you're going to live again, right? I sure hope nobody heard that. Hey, dry bones, you're going to live again. God's going to put some skin back on you, and, and you're going to live again. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God started to move on him. Ezekiel started to get a little more excited. Hey, you, yeah, you over there, leg bone's no longer connected to your knee bone, but it's going to be. And then Ezekiel got that preacher thing going. I don't care what tore you apart and left you like that. God's going to bring you back together, and you're going to live again. Got those preacher pointer fingers going. Maybe, maybe idolatry took them out. Maybe they were worshiping someone or something instead of God, or, or maybe it was adultery. Maybe they broke their marriage covenant and walked out on their husband or wife and they walked out on God, or maybe they paid the high cost of offense because somebody said something to them and they walked out on God. Or maybe it was pride or jealousy or hatred or materialism or money. It didn't matter to God. It didn't matter to Ezekiel what they did that got them there. God was about to breathe life back into them and they were going to live again. That's the word from Ezekiel to the bones. That's the word from God to us. Maybe you're one of the bones. Maybe you were wounded in the war and you just didn't have the strength to fight anymore. So you lay down on the battlefield and died spiritually. But God wants to bring you back together, breathe life back into you, and cause you to live again. Well, suddenly Ezekiel heard a sound. He couldn't believe his eyes or his ears. Those very dry bones, them dry bones, had been bleached white by the sun, picked clean by the birds. They started to rattle and move. The bones started to come together bone to bone, and they were coming together in the right way because only God knows how to put it all back together. And that must have been some sight. Bones that had been drug away by beasts came back and connected with the right bones at the right place. God was putting the broken pieces of the ultimate puzzle back together, and he didn't even need to look at the box. Sinew, muscle, tissue, skin, all stack layer upon layer on the bones. And they lay there on the valley floor, no longer skeletons, now people. But they still lay there on the valley floor. They were together, but they were still dead. God told Ezekiel to preach to the wind, which is the same word as breath or spirit. Because those skeletons looked better, because now they looked like people, but they still needed the spirit. And God was not going to stop short of breathing his spirit into them so they would live again. And Ezekiel was beyond bold now. He preached to the wind. He, he called on the wind from the north, the south, the east, the west. Breathe into these slain people so they can live again. And the wind blew into them breath. They stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Think about what he saw in this vision of the valley. Minutes ago, Ezekiel was preaching to a boneyard. Probably felt a little foolish doing it. But now he's staring at an army, and he's glad he did it. If Ezekiel were to meander through the midst of those people and look on their name tags, he might have seen, Hello, my name is Sarah. My name is Rachel, mother of three. My name is Isaiah. I was a farmer. My name is Eli. I was Rebecca's husband. These were real people who lived real lives, but for a long time were just bleached bones on the valley floor. But God spoke to a preacher, and when the preacher started preaching and the Spirit started moving, God breathed life into them, and they lived again. Those bones have names. There are stories once told that would never be told again, but that were told again because the Word of God and the Spirit of God together gave life to them. Those bones have names. God gave Ezekiel this vision when he was a prisoner of war in Babylon, which doesn't get any worse than that for Zeke prisoner in a pagan heathen nation while his beloved Israel lay in rubble and ruin after Babylon destroyed it. 
leaving just a handful of rabble among the rubble to keep the wild animals from taking over. God gave him this vision because Ezekiel felt like their days were done, but God let Ezekiel know God was going to bring his people back to their land, and they would once again worship God in their own land. And when the preacher starts preaching and the Spirit starts moving, God restored Israel and breathed life into her again. That's why he gave that vision to Ezekiel. But this is why God spoke this word to a sweet, dear lady in our church named Teresa Hines, and she spoke it to me. And she told me, LJ, the bones have names. They look like they were gone for good, but God breathed life into them, and they lived again. I'm glad for what God did for Israel in Ezekiel's day, but I, I have my sights set a little closer. Today, I have my sights set on my city. I hope you have your sights set on yours. Because the bones have names, even in our day. They are our moms and dads and daughters and sons and sisters and brothers and husbands and wives. And some of them no longer live for God. Some of them used to, but don't. But I am full of just enough faith to believe what God did for Ezekiel and Israel he will do for us. I see the bones of people's relationship with God who used to worship, used to pray, used to praise. But at some point they got hurt or offended, or tempted and fell into sin, or in with the wrong people, or they got addicted, or disillusioned, or disappointed with God, or they got wounded in the war and didn't have the strength to fight anymore, or just got war-weary and didn't have the strength to fight anymore, and their spiritual life ebbed out of them, and a quick glance at their social media would tell you that they are gone for good, that their relationship with God is just very dry bones on the valley floor. But I hear a word from the Lord telling me to preach to the bones because the same miracle worker who worked the same miracle process that worked for Ezekiel works for us. When the preacher starts preaching and the Spirit of God starts moving, God will breathe life back into the bones and people who used to live for him will live again. It was true for Ezekiel and it's true for us. Those bones have names. You probably know some of their names. While I've been sharing this devotion with you, you've been seeing some of the same people who used to love God, live for him, and you begin to see them as bones on the valley floor. But I believe the Lord wants you to see them as alive again and living their life for the glory of God. When we pray, I want you to pray with me. God, breathe life back into them. Send your spirit back into them. Send your word back to them and bring them back to you and cause them to live again. Jesus, I thank you. You are awesome. You work miracles. You work wonders for us, God. You're able to do for us what nobody else can do for us. I pray right now that you administer to all of those who used to live for you, used to walk with you, used to have a relationship with you, who for whatever reason walked out, were hurt, were offended, were tempted, were disappointed, were disillusioned, whatever happened to them. Please breathe life back into them, God. Please minister to them. I pray whether it's online or in person, send somebody, somebody with compassion, somebody with the word of God to share the gospel with them, to share Jesus Christ with them, to share hope with them. And I pray you'd send your spirit back into them and cause them to live again. Do that, I pray, in the name of Jesus, all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Simplify. I hope this devotion has been a help and a blessing to you. Maybe you know somebody who needs to hear this, please share this with them. Let them know. I know some people 
feel like they can't live again. They won't live again because of what they've done or where they've gone or how long they've been away from God. But let them know that God's word and God's spirit will still work a miracle in their lives and cause them to live again if they want to. Share this with them if you would, please. And if you want to pick up a copy of the Devotional Simplify from which this podcast is based and launched, you can pick that up at PentecostalPublishing.com, available in print or Kindle. Also, my newest book is coming out in July, thanks to Pentecostal Publishing House. It's called Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments. You can pick up a copy of that at PentecostalPublishing.com or Amazon as well. I believe you can pre-order right now. If you want to, you can pick that up. Hey, next week, I want to share with you a devotion called The Right Response to Grace. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.